Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Auburn Tigers Football Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brett Mason and Jamie Thomas. And here we go with our third ever podcast of the 2015 season. I am your host, Brett Mason. My co-host, as always, Jamie Thomas. Hello, War Eagle, sir. Roll tide. Roll tide. Um, I tell you, I don't know uh, if you're listening to the podcast right now when you're listening, because obviously we produce these on uh, early in the week, but then people listen for even weeks later. But as we are recording this, um, tomorrow, Tuesday, Auburn kicks off fall camp, and then I think Thursday, Alabama kicks off fall camp. So it's it's the close I can taste it at this point. Man, it's, it's just the, the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, we're starting to see more and more news and projections and quotes and a little bit of drama coming out, and uh, Paul Feinbaum is off in it again. We may we may do, do something on him uh, maybe in another podcast. I don't know. He's... <laughs> if you can't count on him for nothing else, you can count on Paul Feinbaum to stir up something, can't you? I'm telling you, I, I don't even listen to that guy, man. I, I can't stand the uh, the call in people. I just I just hate it. Now he did have a segment the other day uh, uh, with Jim uh, doing some calls from some previous SEC games. It was pretty neat. Yeah, I like his show when he has good guests on, but he's his bread and butter has been having these stereotypical, outrageous, insane fans of Auburn and Alabama call in and act ignorant. And I don't get that much out of that. I don't, you know, it's, I guess every now and then it'd be okay. But that's one day why, my friend, one day this podcast is going to take Paul Feinbaum down. Hey, we'll be bigger than him. We'll be bigger than Cowherd. Tell you, man, we're, we're on our way to the top. So this week we're doing something a little bit interesting. Jamie had an idea. He's like, man, why don't we run down the biggest plays um, for uh, Auburn and Alabama? And we didn't really talk a lot about what that would be involved in that. But um, I decided for Auburn to just go with my favorite plays. Now, look. Yeah, you really didn't You didn't really pay attention to the homework assignment, Brett. Yeah, well. <laughs> or, of course, I can, I can kind of understand having to go back, you know, past 10 years, you know, maybe Auburn's tradition isn't quite as good as Bama's, you know, not as many Whatever. things to be proud of. But, you know, I, I understand. Whatever. None of your stuff was older than 10 years. None of That's it. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I just went back 10 years. We have so many great moments in the last 10 years. I don't have to go all the way back to 1984, 1985. Look, I didn't have to go back that far, but as you will learn, as we count down my favorite top five <laughs> moments in Auburn football history, there's a reason why I went back to 1982. Well, I, I already – was it 82? Good it was 82. I had a very specific reason for that, and I will get into some detail in it as we count them down. Let me first tell the folks, if you happen to be an Auburn fan or you like hearing about Auburn and Alabama, we also do an Alabama podcast where Jamie will be running down the biggest uh, Alabama moments for him. And uh, all those are announced on our website, southeasternfootball.com, or on either of the Facebook pages you have. You can look for um, 
Auburn Tigers football on SEF or uh, Alabama Crimson Tide football on SEF, and you can find us that way. So uh, that's what both of the uh, podcasts will be about this week. So let's jump right into it so I can explain myself. I already have to explain myself. This is what it's like doing a podcast with you. We haven't even got started. I'm keeping you on your toes, man. <laughs> Um, I'm going to try to provide a little bit of audio clips with our countdown as well. Uh, of course, that doesn't translate quite as well as video. And I tell you, I was surprised that the audio clip for my for my uh, my first one in our series of five wasn't more entertaining. But it really isn't that entertaining. But nevertheless, I'll play the clip real quick and we'll come back and talk about it. Here you go, Auburn fans. I bet all you guys will recognize this. Fourth and goal and a half a yard. Jackson. Touchdown. Of course, that would be the infamous Bo over the top, 1982. Bo Jackson goes over the top for the go-ahead score. That now here's why this is significant. This is why this is significant, Jamie Thomas. In case you didn't know this, that ended a nine-year losing streak, nine years for the Auburn Tigers and the Iron Bowl. But it was much more than that. And I'm not sure if you're aware of this or not. You may or may not be. But not only did it end that streak. It flipped around and changed forever how Auburn operated, I think, as a, as a university. Um, their, I think their mindset towards college football. And uh, uh, it also changed things up. Of course, a lot of ha- that had to do, it wasn't long after that, that the legendary uh, Paul Bear Bryant passed. Yep, his last Iron Bowl, that's right. But things flipped. And uh, check out the stat. I don't, you may know the stat, you may not. But in the same amount of years before that Iron Bowl, Iron Bowl win by Auburn, Compared to the same amount of years after it, Auburn had only won 33% of Iron Bowls in the 33 years before it. And since then, Auburn has won 55% of Iron Bowls. It's a pretty big stat. Um, I'll admit I wasn't an Auburn fan at that time. I was 12. Um, I didn't get into Auburn football until I was a little bit older. But uh, another reason I picked that is Bo Jackson is the reason I – kind of got into Auburn because I liked him and the, and the pros. Yeah. And so then that led me to go back to look, you know, to learn about him playing at Auburn. And here you go. That's how I want to be. But very interesting. I tell you, that stat is very telling. Boy, uh, Auburn just got their butt kicked into 33 years before that game. Good Lord. They did. And Bo, uh, you know, Bo had a uh, had a chip on his shoulder. Uh, you know, he wanted uh, he wanted to show Bear Bryant that he could be a uh, could be a big time running back. I think Bear told him if he went to Auburn, he would never beat Alabama. And, uh, you know, he showed it his, uh, his, his first year there that he could beat Alabama. He could put Auburn on his shoulders and carry them to a victory in the Iron Bowl. Well, and he did that. He, he's very uh, very similar to Cam Newton in that regard. He yeah. pretty much oh, was the team then. Bo Jackson is, uh, in my opinion, uh, had he not gotten hurt, even even before the injury, he is uh, he's probably the greatest athlete that's ever lived in our time. Oh, no doubt. Multiple sports, and uh, if he could have stayed healthy, there's just no telling what the guy would have done. He was just incredible, and everybody loved him pretty much. Um, Alabama fans probably didn't love him at that time, but I I think later on even a lot of Alabama fans grew because he's just – how can you not love somebody that dominant? I mean, um, it's kind of like Ronda Rousey, man. Everybody loves that woman. Yeah, she's tough, ain't she? (laughs) If, If you can prove that you're a winner no matter what, people will come around. They'll love you. All right, next on the list, number four. God, now most of these are going to be about the same year. I'm starting to see a a, a, a trend here, Brett. We're already two into your list, and so far they've both been about the Iron Bowl. (laughs) Well, 
Now, this is this is the Iron Bowl, but it's not about the Iron Bowl. This is not why this is a huge moment for me. We're talking about the comeback in general, which uh, led, of course, to the uh, Auburn Tigers being the national champions in t- uh, 2010. Um, but this is the moment that turned that. Is if, I, if I recall correctly, Auburn was down 24 to nothing at this point in game. <laughs> 24 to nothing. It was ugly. Uh, I don't uh, I don't think we've ever talked about this game that much. Um, I know you're a little bit more reserved than the average Alabama fan, but at this point when this moment happened and it's 24 to nothing, did you feel like Alabama was just going to put the whoop on Auburn? At, uh, I never felt comfortable this entire game. Yeah? Never felt comfortable the entire game. I knew what Cam Newton was capable of doing. I knew what that Auburn football team had in them. Uh, and Bama could have been up 49 to nothing, and I wouldn't have been comfortable until the final seconds tip, ticked off the clock. Well, later on in the countdown, we'll talk a little bit about what uh, Cam Newton had to do with that season and that game in particular. But, but we would not have won that game if it were not for this moment, and it was for a guy that a lot of people don't even remember. Carter runs down Ingram, who is off and running. Ingram is off and running. He's on the uh, far sideline, and he's I think he's 25, 30-yard line. And it's a touchdown. And man, in my opinion, that would have sealed the game. If he gets in, that seals the game. Carter runs up, punches it out. It's a fumble, which some Ingram rarely did. Ingram just he didn't fumble. It wasn't just a fumble. He, I mean, it, it was like in slow motion, the ball just trickled down the sideline, and every Alabama fan in the country was just <laughs> – Please, God, let that ball go out. Go out of bounds, yeah, and it didn't. It made no, it all no. the way into the end zone, um, and that's that was the catalyst for the comeback. I don't think if that would have happened, I, I, you know, even if he doesn't score, even if they get out, Alabama probably gets it in from there. At the very least, they get a field goal, and um, you know, knowing what the score wound up being, you'd have to project we probably wouldn't have won that. Probably wouldn't have won the national championship. That was huge, and it sounded like this. Over the middle, passes top finger, sets a tackle, 50, 40, 35, 30, stumbling at the 20, ball knocked out from behind, it rolls down into the end zone, and that's a touchback. That's a touchback, it'll go back to I tell you, I'm really tempted to play that again, Jamie, but I'm just not going to. I'm I'm, (laughs) I'm just going to have to take the headset off and come back when you're done. (laughs) I have a headache. Well, <clears throat> Jamie's going to beat me up over this, but my number three all-time favorite play uh, is in the same game. And I'm going to uh, tell you, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to be a little sappy. I could have picked other moments, but I picked this one because of the Lutzy, because of the late great. I don't know if great's the right word. He was a great guy, though. I think most everybody that knew him personally thought he was just a great guy. He was great for Auburn. He was uh, great. Yeah, he was just a great guy. He... Um, you know he didn't he didn't move on to the next level. He wound up coming back and uh, helping uh, the younger folks with football, and he was just endeared and loved. But the Lutzy was born during this game, <laughs> and uh, it was a beautiful, beautiful moment. Um, it was the go ahead score to win the Iron Bowl, led to the national championship. It was big for all those reasons. It brings back a ton of memories of Lutz and Kirkin. Um, he was a utility guy, but he always seemed to manage to come up big inside the red zone. He was just I don't know he was just always there, and he always made the catch. And uh, this was a big one. Um, it was a beautiful play. Um, Cam Newton moves off to the right. He's running right. The entire uh, Alabama defense is in pursuit. And he twists back to his left, and there's just nobody over there. And uh, Lutzen Kirkin dragged it in in the back corner of the end zone. It was the, uh, it was the go-ahead to win the game. It was a beautiful, beautiful moment. One of the greater calls, too, um, by Rod Bramblett. It sounded something like this. Cam takes the snap. 
Looking for the receiver. He's got Lutzen Kirkin. Touchdown, Auburn! Touchdown, Auburn! Lutzen Kirkin. He threw it back across the field. Seven-yard play. Touchdown, Tigers. We're tied at 27. So do you remember that moment in that Iron Bowl? I don't want to talk about it. Um, I tell you what, it's it's uh, well, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. I'm not going to get ahead of myself. Um, I'm forever going to remember that though. I think Auburn fans are endeared to Lutz and Gargan, and one of the things we're always going to remember is the that awkward, stupid looking dance that he did in the end zone. So <laughs> that's uh, that's kind of why, I, yeah, you know, I could have I could have picked other things, but for sentimental reasons, I went for number three. Like I said, if you act, asked a bunch of experts, they wouldn't come up with my list. But this is our podcast, and we can have any list we want you on here. Thing on this list that's not related to the Iron Bowl. Absolutely. I'm glad you mentioned that. How about number two? Okay. <laughs> 2010 National Championship. Uh, it's all tied up, 19 all. And uh, Auburn is on their own 40, and there's two minutes left in the game. And um, biggest moment sets up the winning score and was one of the most talked about plays of the entire season. It just happened to happen in the National Championship game. Uh, Dyer, does anybody remember Dyer? (laughs) At this moment in his career, man, we thought he was going to be a great Auburn man. Boy, did that ever go down the tubes. But anyway, uh, it's just an amazing run. He's headed down. He gets gets hit. He does a little spin around on the defender. His knees never touch. Everybody stops, and somebody looks at him and goes, uh, keep running. Newton takes the snap, gives it to Dyer. The freshman back runs for six to the 46. He was tackled by Eddie Pleasure. No, he wasn't. He's still on his feet at the 40. 35, 30, down the sideline to the 23. He was pulled down on top of Pleasant. Everybody stopped except for Dyer. And so he, he fires off and runs. Does not make the touchdown, but I believe he gets down to around the 20, 20, 20 22-yard line, something like that, which set up the winning field goal and, of course, earned uh, Auburn its 76th uh, national championship, if you use Alabama math. <laughs> <laughs> Why you got to be like that? Because <laughs> that's just what we do, brother. That's just what we do. It's going to get a lot worse for the seasons over. You yeah, know that. yeah, yeah. That was an incredible, an incredible moment in that game, though. It was. Um, it was you know what's strange is we were uh, me and the uh, the Auburn fans that I have to to break bread at lunch with every day today. We were just talking about that play uh, and how that uh, you know just really kind of kind of sealed it for Auburn and how great of a play that was. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, I think that play still stands out in the mind of most Auburn fans. I tell you what's weird about that. Um, looking at it from a Dipper's perspective, but not my perspective as an Auburn fan, but from the perspective of Michael Dyer, uh, that should have just been the highlight of that game or the highlight of that season. That wound up being his peak. <laughs> uh, he peaked on that play, and it yeah. was just downhill from there. And um, I tell you, I don't. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because I didn't know what the podcast is about. But I just don't understand athletes with so much promise in their future. Well, what's uh, you know what's what's crazy is right now Michael Dyer is competing against a former Alabama running back Trent Richardson for the uh, for the job in Oakland. So yeah, never know. yeah, no, he could no, absolutely he could. But look, I think we can all agree his path would have been much easier. Probably, I don't know. When yeah. you go back and look at what Auburn looked like two seasons later, maybe not. Maybe he did wind up taking the right path. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how far you get ahead on a three and nine season. The argument could have been made. Maybe the season been a little better if he was there. Either way, the guy has tried in every way possible to throw his career away. 
nobody wishes the best for him more, more than me because he's uh, he's really talented and he's really small. That's the thing that always impressed me about him. He looks so small on the field, but he's not. He's just compact. He's not small. He's just compact. And uh, he let that uniform look. I, I held off for number one because uh, when this is uh, over, you probably won't even be able to breathe. I'm just going to go take a break. <laughs> uh, you do what you need to do, and I'll be back in a minute, okay? Tied at 28 all with one second left in regulation. Alabama and Nick Saban, the greatest coach of all time, decides to try a 500 yard field goal. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I know we can win this game, boys. We're gonna put this. Uh, we're gonna put this freshman out on the field, and he's gonna kick a 500 yard field goal, and it's gonna be what great. What I don't understand: Bama hasn't had a kicker in 10 years get <laughs> one outside of 23 yards, and they're questionable inside of that. What in the world was Coach Saban thinking? I, you know what I think? I just think he figured it was a long shot, but if they missed, nothing bad would happen. I don't think yeah. he was, you know, he was like, we'll just take a shot. We'll probably miss it, but nothing bad will happen. We'll beat yeah. them in overtime. Take and, that one out of the playbook, Coach. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he'll ever do that again. Um, but you know what? Hand it to uh, – and as a matter of fact, I've read some interviews and stuff that where it really wasn't even Gus who was pushing this. Um, um, some, uh, some other folks – Lashley and some other folks were like, hey, we need to get so-and-so in the end zone. We got a shot here if it lands perfectly or whatever. It wasn't even Gus, so I don't want to give him too much credit. But they were ready. And uh, it's one of the most beautiful moments. Rod Bramlett's greatest call ever. Every time I hear this call, I get – this. we may listen to this one twice – uh, this is what it sounds like uh, as Chris Davis runs it back 109 yards to crush Nick Saban's dreams. Well, I guess if this thing comes up short, he can field it and run it out. All right, here we go. 56-yarder. It's got – no, does not have the leg. And Chris Davis takes it in the back of the end zone. He'll run it out to the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. He ran the missed field goal back. He ran it back 109 yards. They're not going to keep him off the field tonight. Holy cow. Oh, my God. Auburn wins. Auburn has won the Iron Bowl. Auburn has won the Iron Bowl in the most unbelievable fashion you will ever see. I cannot believe it. 34-28. Oh, my Lord in heaven. Chris Davis just read it. 109 yards, and Auburn is going to the championship. Wow, God, it was just, that's the most awesomest thing ever. I really, sometimes I, I wish I could uh, figure out how to make my alarm clock play that when it's time uh, for me to wake up. I just want to stab my eardrums out. Auburn's going to win the football game. Okay, stop. Auburn's going to win the football game. All <laughs> kidding aside. Whether you're a Bama fan or an Auburn fan or a Georgia Tech fan or a Cal fan or whatever, that is probably the most exciting moment in college football history ever. Take away the Flutie L. Mary, uh, the Cal Stanford band game. I mean, you can look at anything. That that you know, just just to witness that in a lifetime. I mean, no matter which side of the which side of the fence you were on, um, I mean, it's just amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, and for everybody, because no matter who who you're a fan of, it's the reason the thing is so crazy is because it's just so unlikely that that could ever happen. It just, 
it probably may never happen again. I, um, I, one of the funny things about that, I didn't play the TV call, but of course nobody likes uh, Vern and uh, no. uh, what's his name? What's his name? Gary. Yeah. Uh, but one of the weirdest comments ever made by a commentator, if you were, you probably do remember this, was uh, Gary's like, they, they weren't ready for it. They had a bunch of fat guys on the field. <laughs> they didn't have no athletes on the field. <laughs> yeah. um, I didn't I, like if I'd have been on the, the team or if I were a fan, I wouldn't have minded him calling them fat guys or big guys. But to say they aren't athletes is just insulting. I mean, well, Gary's an idiot. you know, even the biggest, slowest guys on there are athletes. They're just designed to do a certain kind of thing. They aren't designed to run, you know, 440s or whatever. But anyway, I'm not going to play that again. I'm not going to force you to listen to it. But I am going to figure out how to put it on my alarm clock where I can wake up to it every day. As long as I never have to hear it again, I'm okay with that. You're not going to keep them off the field tonight. You're not going to. <laughs> By the way, coincidentally, I think it was something like uh, 78, 70 or $80,000 worth of damage to the grounds done there after that. So I guess it. You know, I guess that's okay when you go on and play for the national championship, which they did. Yeah, I guess so. All right, there you go. Hey, listen, uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. We we just really love and appreciate you guys listening. Um, if you want to listen to the Alabama podcast, here's how you can subscribe to them all. The Alabama Auburn, there's many ways. We've made it really easy. Uh, instead of giving uh, things to search for and all that, just know that you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, um, Stitcher, TuneIn. Um, you can download our free app, which will uh, just put our podcast right on your phone when it's updated, and that's for iOS. Um, the easiest way to find those is just go to the website, and there's little buttons you can click no matter what platform you're looking for. That's the simplest way, and that is southeasternfootball.com slash connect, southeasternfootball.com slash connect. Subscribe to the podcast. We'll see you next time, and uh, flip on over and check out the uh, Alabama podcast where we count down. Jamie gives us his uh, big fivest moments over there in uh, Alabama football to him, and uh, that should be a good show. We'd love to have you over there. We'll talk to you on that show. Jamie, thanks a lot, brother. Appreciate it. All right. Roll time, buddy. Thanks for listening. Download our free iOS app. Just search for Tigers and Tide in the App Store. And subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. Just search for Tigers and Tide. And for the latest SEC news, log on to southeasternfootball.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.